0: A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW Group, point or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus.
1: Impact of influence. The tragic story of a powerful South Carolina family and the mysterious deaths that they are linked to. Well, it happened. Alec Murdoch was arrested, as you have probably seen, because it's been all over national news as well as local. Not necessarily for some of the things some people were hoping for, but he is charged officially with taking all that money. From the Satterfield kids, uh, let's talk about the arrest, of Seton, and then coming up, we're going to have John Snyder, our legal analyst, talk about it. Then we also have information on that Labor Day incident where Alec claimed to be shot in the head by Eddie Smith. Eddie says no. Alec says yes. De Carputlian, Alec's lawyer, has comments on that. We will get to that all momentarily, but let's start with the arrest.
2: So we know that State Law Enforcement Division, that we refer to as SLED, went down to Florida and took Alec from his rehab facility and arrested him in Orange County. Uh, So we know that he is in jail in Orange County at the time being. They're working with the Florida Department of Law Enforcement to bring him back to South Carolina. Charges? Charges with two felony counts of obtaining property by false pretenses.
1: And that is taking the... The trust, the money right. was meant for Satterfield's trust. The
2: four point three million dollars proceeds that were owed to the estate of Gloria Satterfield.
1: And for more on the arrest of Alec Murdoch, we bring in our legal analyst, former day, uh, former uh, defense attorney John Snyder. So, John, let's start with Alec being pulled out of rehab. The charges changed. He was al- he was released on bond. They said go to rehab. As long as you stay in rehab, you don't go anywhere else. We're good. But now they've changed their mind. And I assume that's because the charges are are bigger charges. Is that right, John?
3: That that's right. So what you're beginning to see is this escalation in law enforcement's leverage on Alex for both his criminal activity uh as alleged in the warrants and in their Desire to get full information on what's been going on, so he goes in on this kind of funky insurance scam case. It's you know, it's it's not minor, but it feels minor compared to all the allegations yeah. swirling around him. Then they keep their investigation going. They get new information that that goes from you know, insurance, you know, claim fraud to actual conversion of millions of dollars uh, the district attorney that's involved or the, the, the prosecutor that's involved says hey enough of this this guy needs to be in custody so new new warrants go out uh, indictments probably have come forward and so he's down in Florida outside of South Carolina so they have to file for uh, extradition
2: we have to note that he did sign these uh, agreement that he was not going to fight extradition.
3: That's right. And so th- what, what that does is instead of creating this delayed process where, you know, it's weeks and sometimes months between uh, it, every governor has an office that handles this. Uh, so the governor has to sign a warrant in Florida then to bring him back to South Carolina because he signed this waiver as a condition of his bond release you know, South Carolina authorities are able to just go right down there, retrieve them and bring them back to be processed here in South Carolina. He could still get bond on these new charges.
1: Okay. But how how long does the process take you think to get him back to South Carolina?
3: In, In law enforcement world, they'd probably like to pick him up today so that he doesn't get to see a judge until
1: Monday. Oh, so he would sit in jail until Monday. That's right. Over a weekend because no one's working. Okay.
2: So I did notice that his bond hearing is supposed to take place in Beaufort instead of Hampton. So I was just wondering why that was.
3: Well, that's where those checks were issued um, through the the Fleming's law firm. And so that's technically the location of where the alleged crime occurred. And so that would be the proper uh, venue for those crimes.
1: You got a Fitz News report.
2: Yeah. So Fitz News just came out with an article this morning saying that Alec's attorneys were in negotiations with the feds to work out a plea deal. And they kind of talk a little bit about uh, the attorneys representing Alec are reaching out to some of their contacts with the Department of Justice. So just kind of wanted to get your take on that.
1: Because there's no official federal charge. So can you just call up the feds and say, I wish you guys would do this? Yes. So some,
3: somewhere along the way the feds have probably reached out to Alex and his representatives and when the feds do that it's it's in your best interest generally to you know say hey what what how can we help you guys and so the, that is a very normal thing on crimes that are kind of at this um, dollar value and public awareness for lawyers to be working with the government to have something worked out before anything's even filed. Oh, okay. We've talked about this before. You know, federal federal law enforcement usually only, you know, arrest somebody after they've done their full investigation. And so there's really no, um, there's no loopholes in their investigation.
1: It's a slam dunk. It's done. The deal's written, signed, sealed, delivered.
2: Also, we want to probably note that it would be a better situation if you're going to go to jail to be in a federal prison versus a state prison.
1: A white collar
3: federal prison is going to be a much uh, nicer time of rehabilitation than time in the general population in you know, whatever County the, the maximum prison is for South Carolina.
1: So we finished with John and then, you realize you had a couple more questions, so we call them back, and so that's why the audio is going to be a little different here. Let's finish up our talk with John, and then we'll go into the, the wounds on Alex's head.
2: So another question that we've gotten a ton is why Corey Fleming and the banker haven't been arrested. My,
3: my belief is based on what I've seen in all the reports that it, I don't believe that they have any criminal liability if, if what their representatives have been saying through releases and various statements— it appears that Murdoch you know, kind of single-handedly went through this fraud without either of them having knowledge of the actual fraud, and so all of their conduct, while maybe not above board on a professional level, does not reach the level of
1: criminality. That's possibility. Yes. Yeah. Possibility one. Possibility two is
3: they. Got in, sat down with law enforcement and said, we don't think orange is a good color on us. What do you want to know? And they told they told them everything. And, you know, everything that they told them lined up with, you know, what investigators found. And so it may be part of a a negotiation that they reached with the state in exchange for their full cooperation and full testimony that they wouldn't be charged criminally.
0: And in both of their cases, the monies they received in this scheme have been returned and been made available to the, the victims in, in this matter, the Ciderfield
1: boys. Yeah. yeah. One more question.
2: So the last question we have, and we've just gotten a ton of questions about this from our listeners, is why did it take so long for Alec to be arrested and charged?
3: Uh, my belief is that Law enforcement wanted to make sure that they had an absolute rock-solid case against him where they were not going to have witnesses recant, uh, evidence go missing, or anything happen that would, would cause a breach in their case. And, and in this world, we should all want justice to act deliberately and intentionally, not in a fevered rush. Yeah, and I think a lot uh, that that's that's hard in our instant gratification world to to you know for us to see things and be like it's obvious, but you want law enforcement to to you know run down all of the angles before they take action. So that so it it may seem frustrating, but it's actually a good thing because the case that they brought is probably you know rock solid and what should be going. Out forward
1: to a a courthouse. All right, there you go. Thanks again, John.
3: Thanks, guys. I'll talk to
1: you later. Bye. Take a little break and uh, get you ready for some traveling you've got coming up, some international trip where you want to be able to at least get around, right? So you want to learn the language of the country that you're going to. You want to experience it with a little bit of knowledge going in, and you can get a lot of bit of knowledge when you use Rosetta Stone. It's the most trusted language learning program. It's available on desktop. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Impact of Influence listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 40% off. That's 40% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 40% off at rosettastone.com today. Okay, the other thing that we need to talk about, a few things. Let's talk about Eddie Smith's attorney going on various uh, morning shows. Uh, this is a clip from the Today Show from Eddie Smith. Remember, he is the guy who Alec is saying he hired to shoot him, make it look like suicide, and Alex kid Buster, would get $10 million. So here's, here's part of that interview. To be clear. Does your client maintain utter and complete innocence in this case? Go ahead. I didn't shoot him. Are you innocent of everything? innocent. Yeah. If I'd have shot him, he'd have be been dead. You, you took the gun. I he showed up behind
0: him, between me and him. And it The gun went off. Did it hit him? Did the bullet no. hit him? No. So that, I, that, that story there's where you no got... no blood on me.
1: There's no blood on him. He didn't get shot in the head. No. We... I, Bounced off his car and kind of made a move to get the gun and he hit the dirt, you know. And what percent are you positive that he didn't get shot? If you could put a percentage on it, thousand. Yeah, so in case you couldn't pick up what he was saying in the NBC Today interview, Curtis Eddie Smith said, I didn't shoot him. If I had shot him, he'd be dead. He's alive. He also acted out kind of what he says Alec was doing. He's holding that, he's using his fingers like a gun you know, pretending he's holding that and they're wrestling. And and he says, he said, you're going to shoot me? I said, no. Smith said when Murdoch began to move, he grabbed the gun from him and it went off. And then Craig Melvin, the anchor, says, did the bullet hit him? He says, no. And that is when he looks like he's crying as he looked at the floor and he says, there was no blood on me. There was no blood on him. Uh, Also, in that interview, Smith said he and Murdoch, were friends for a long time. They're a distant cousin, I believe. A lot of people are related when you talk to people down there. It's not surprising to find out somebody's a distant cousin of somebody. So, anyway, they've they've known each other for a while. He called him a good friend. And they both everybody agrees now
2: right that, that Eddie
1: didn't know why he was going Attorneys there.
2: Attorneys for both sides have said that they, you know, he he was just thinking, I guess he'd done some other handyman type work and so I think it was believed that he was probably going to help him out with something.
1: Yes. Not a murder
2: or suicide right attempt.
1: And originally the Murdoch camp had been saying he knew what he was going out there for. Now everybody's on the same page that he did not know why he was going out there. No. Now the only difference in opinion seems to be whether Eddie shot him or not. Right. And he said he's saying no. Alex attorneys are saying yes. And I also want to point out that something important that, Uh, Smith's attorney says, is that no crime was committed. It's Johnny McCoy. No crime was committed because if you think about it, there is no crime there. He comes out. Alec Murdoch has a gun.
2: If his version of the story is correct, he was just trying to prevent his friend from committing suicide.
1: Right. And then he takes away and he runs away and he throws away the gun. At that point, there's no blood on Alec, uh, according to him. Then also we want to point out that Dick Harputlian, the attorney for uh, Alec, is saying... That uh, he was getting drugs, he had been a drug dealer,
2: right? And he denies that. His attorney, you know, says that that uh, was not true.
1: So Smith is saying that and that's he's saying that's something. To, it's a fall guy. I never uh, sold him drugs there. You go. Now, all right, Seton. Uh, I this then comes out uh, day after that interview airs.
2: Right. So the day after. Dick Karputlian, who represents Alec, goes on Good Morning America. And in this interview, he says Smith is not telling the truth, and he has medical records to back it up. Mm-hmm. So the medical records say that he had a gunshot wound to the head with a fractured skull bone, a laceration to the head, bleeding in the brain, subdermal hematoma, or a buildup of blood on the brain. Um, he goes on to say that he was in the ICU and they just don't put people in the ICU if they don't really have a serious injury. Um, so he's saying that this corroborates Alec's version of the story.
1: Well, would it, I could pick at that a little bit and say it corroborates that Alec or Alec was shot or hurt in the head. It doesn't Necessarily say Smith did it.
2: No, not at all.
1: Right. It Just say something happened. It doesn't. That that doesn't prove that Smith did anything.
2: No, it doesn't.
1: Right. Um, and the state and the Island Packet and the uh, Buford Gazette got Murdoch's medical records from Harpootlian and Griffin, the attorneys. Um, and they say, of course, they released it because they wanted to put to bed this whole thing that it was all fake. And at the hearing, these these guys are. I don't know. Snarky the right word. Har, they're, Griffin Harpootlian. <laughs> Because they talk about his thick head. Murdoch had a thick head of hair and no, showed no visible sign of head injury. And Harputlian uh, goes on to say, bloggers have questioned whether he was shot based on his hairstyle, not upon actual records. Actually, Griffin said that. Uh, because their, their claim is because of his thick hair, you wouldn't see an injury.
2: Well, I don't know if I buy that because even with the thick hair, I think you would see some sort of visible injury, or at least the yep. head would have been shaven.
1: Yes. The air ambulance records, when a helicopter nurse, a paramedic arrived in Hampton County to fly Murdoch to Savannah, local first responders on the sea told the airborne medics that they quote, possibly saw two wounds to the back of Murdoch's head before wrapping the wounds in gauze bandages. And the gauze appeared to control the uh, the bleeding, um, the medics noted. And when they Started uh, trying to find the wound, though. You had a lot of dry blood and that sort of thing.
2: They said it was congealed, so they weren't able to really assess the wound properly.
1: They are saying that this is the proof. They also also said, gosh, I almost forgot about the hospital records uh, that Dick Harputlian says prove that Murdoch was addicted to opioids.
2: Right. They said he had barbiturates and opioids in his system, and they describe a situation when SLED was interviewing him, that he pulls out his IV, and he complained of severe headache.
1: And they also, he had the urine test on the 5th, uh, September 5th. So what Griffin is saying, Alec has been honest with SLED in reporting the roadside incident and his struggles with addiction. And... We will see where that goes from here. Uh, There's probably got a lot of wheeling and dealing going on. I don't think that he's just going to roll up and take all the charges, I would imagine. We'll see. We'll see. And uh, more on that soon. Again, we are so grateful for everyone that listens to the podcast. We do not take any of you for granted. Your comments, good or bad, we take up. and just try to get better every time. We still want to make sure there's justice for all the people that have been affected by the tragedy surrounding the the Murdochs and uh, including Paul and Maggie and Stephen Smith and Mallory Beach and Gloria Satterfield and his kids and their families. Rate to you can, Give us five stars. That would be nice. Share it. That'd be nice. Murdoch podcast is what it is on Facebook page. You can find us there. She is Seaton Tucker. I am Matt Harris again. Thank you so much uh, for listening.
0: From DNA testing to the Dixie Mafia, Crime Capsule brings you new stories of true crime in American history. I'm your host, Benjamin Morris. Join us for exclusive interviews with authors from Arcadia Publishing, writing the hottest books on the most chilling stories of our country's past. You can find us wherever you get your favorite podcasts or on evergreenpodcasts.com. Crime Capsule. History so interesting, it's criminal. True terrors of horror, bizarre happenings, unexplainable events. On our podcast, Disturbed, Terror Takes Center Stage. Each episode is a journey into the darkest corners of human existence, delving into bone-chilling tales of kidnappings, serial killers, maniacs,